Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey, only on Money FM 89.3. You're with me, Jason Dacey, on Weekend Mornings on Money FM, and the attention of the world is on Singapore ahead of Tuesday's summit between US and North Korea. And to put this into perspective, Nicholas Fung, Managing Director at media consultancy company Black Dots and Director Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs, and Glenn Van Zeffen, founder of Van Media Group and former CNN anchor, will continue our discussion on... Just how big this is in terms of events that we've seen over the last uh, couple of decades. Nick, let's start with you. You've picked five uh, events, and we'll get Glenn to, to uh, weigh in on this as well. So this is obviously one of the five. Uh, in no particular order, let's uh, let's start with some other big events that have uh, rocked Singapore over the last decade or so. Sure. Well, if you if you think back to 2005, uh, Singapore hosted the IOC session in which the decision to select London for the 2012 Olympics was announced. Uh, that's always close to my heart because I was actually uh, hosting that session in, in French, French too. In French, and French and which was uh, a little bit of a stress. Uh, situation. That's a stretch. Given that three billion people saw how bad my French was, how hard um, could it be? But, I mean, really, Nicholas. <laughs> but I remember, you know, after that that announcement, we saw David Beckham walking over and taking photos with us. Everybody was just so happy for yes. for London. So Setco was, was there. David exactly. Beckham, Tony Blair. Mm-hmm. It was huge, um, wasn't it? Hillary Clinton came up and said, uh, you know, at one stage, oh, I didn't realize you s- people spoke French in Singapore. And I was like, well, that's a step up. Usually they say we didn't realize you speak English in Singapore. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, four years after that, uh, President Obama uh, came to Singapore uh, in, uh, as part of his uh, one of his first few ov- uh, official overseas visits. Yeah, 2009, um, wasn't 2009, it? 2009, and he mm-hmm. stayed at the Shangri-La Hotel as well. All right, let's get Glenn away on the, in on that one. Mm-hmm. That was 2009. Glenn, you were here then. Uh, when we put that in perspective um, compared to some of the other events that have yeah. taken place, that was pretty, uh, you know, landmark. Well, it was massive, especially his first overseas trip as president. And this was part of the Obama administration rebalance toward Asia mm. that they had talked about over eight years and, and indeed really a re-engagement uh, with this part of the world. So that was that was huge. And, of course, a very feel-good uh, and, and much, I think, more certainty than we're facing this week in terms of what the outcome would be. Yes. Um, but definitely a crowd pleaser, I would have to say, having been here at that time. And you're a former president of the American Association, aren't you, in, in, in Singapore? Sure. So how would you say that compares to this um, you know, president arrival? Well, that one was much less stressful. First <laughs> of all, it was planned f- much farther in advance, uh, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't huge stakes, you know, uh, on the table like there there is denuclearization and the Korean Peninsula mm-hmm. issues and all that. Uh, we d- certainly didn't face that back at the during the Obama visit. Okay, what else have you got on your list there, Nicholas? Well, we have the another sports related uh, event in 2010, the Youth Olympic Games, the first ever. So uh, that was uh, obviously the Youth Olympics don't really compare to the to the actual Summer Games mm. in terms of scale, size, number of people. Uh, but it was the first one, and I, I know that Singapore. Uh, was, uh, you know, entering back into the fray of hosting international sports events for the first time after quite a, a bit of a break to sort of refresh and clean up some of our facilities. And that was the preschooling um, phase, wasn't it? Before exactly. Before we really knew about That was when uh, schooling had just met Michael Phelps, I think, in 2008. Uh, Glenn, when we look at that, the Youth Olympic Games, it was, it was hyped up a lot. Did it live up to expectations? 
Um, it did. I mean, it was not without controversy. Let's be honest. There was the the funding and the spending uh, involved, uh, mm. which was went over the budget that yep. was stated. Yeah. Uh, but it showed that Singapore could put on a massive event at multiple venues at the same time, and there not be uh, you know a, a, any kind of a major issue. Of course, you know we all complained about the traffic and road closures yep. and whatever. But uh, but to be honest, it was a very smooth event uh, the way it finally went off. Mm. Yeah, looking back, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it laid the. the sort of groundwork for Singapore to host the Southeast Asian Games in 2015. Again, not uh, on the scale of the actual Summer Games uh, Olympics, but uh, a huge undertaking in Singapore's uh, SG50 50th anniversary since independence here. Uh, and that was that was quite significant as well. So I thought that, that the Youth Olympic Games was a good sort of marker and, and laying the found, uh, groundwork for that. What about other diplomatic uh, meetings we've seen here in Singapore? Well, the the one that that comes up a lot in uh, in sort of the backgrounding for the the Trump Kim summit next week is the uh, China Taiwan uh, leaders talk in 2015. Uh, where uh, the leaders of China and Taiwan came to Singapore, uh, met at the Shangri-La again, uh, and were able to to have quite a quite a solid uh, meeting, despite obviously the contention and the sort of tension that that exists between the two sides. So I think Singapore has always prided itself as uh, being a venue that can maintain the neutrality and respect the sensitivities around uh, slightly difficult meetings, and I think that gives us a little bit of hope mm-hmm. and confidence for for the coming summit uh, on June the 12th. Yeah. It, it, you know, the graciousness of the Singapore people and the government in terms of making people feel at home, of course, the size and the manageability of Singapore and the ability to control traffic, crowds, and all that sort of stuff is is a huge benefit to Singapore. And and, and I do kind of laugh. I mentioned earlier about the taxi uncle saying, oh, this puts Singapore, this event this week, put Singapore on the stage. Singapore has been on the stage for a long time, especially in mm. diplomatic circles. Mm. People know that when they come here, they're, they're going to get Safety, security, uh, you know, hospitality, high and a high level of engagement uh, and and quality of service uh, from uh, from uh, staging an event here. But the one thing that I wanted to pick up uh, on what you were saying earlier was the fact that uh, previous events, by comparison, have seemed a lot more predictable. Right, yes. they ran to schedule. There was a clear program. Mm. You knew who you were dealing with. Planned months and months in advance. Protocol right. was all yeah. sorted out. This one is going to be a test to Singapore, I think, in the, its ability to be flexible, mm-hmm. to adapt to un- unpredictability. I think that has been the kind of catchphrase for the past couple of weeks uh, as it comes to this summit. To uh, a leader who is, is quite mercurial, goes on his gut, and then to another one who is very reclusive that we don't really know that much about. So, how to manage that? How to prepare things that you know? We ease it in the direction that sort of everybody wants to head in. Uh, that's going to be a new challenge for Singapore. And I guess, Glenn, the fact that it is rather last minute compared to previous um, visits of uh, U.S. dignitaries means that there isn't much engagement with the American community here in Singapore. Um, we haven't really heard of any. Of course, the embassy will be engaged, obviously, with the president and some of the diplomatic uh, corps. But uh, there has been no announcement as far as like the American Association or the American Chamber of Commerce, some of the other American organizations here. Mm. Uh, you know, there's no photo op. There's no meet and greet. Uh, nothing like that planned. And Nicholas, what can we expect, do you think, in the future? Is Singapore, if it gets through this smoothly, will there be a lot of other potential uh, summits and meetings that people look for, for here? I think Singapore has always prided itself, uh, again, on being a, a, an honest broker. 
uh, not just as a venue host in terms of safety, security and stability. I think that one is something that uh, uh, we take great pains to maintain. Uh, to a certain extent, it's a little bit easier for a country like Singapore. We're pretty small. So logistically, it's not that hard. You know, you don't have to plan journeys that take a couple of hours. You know, everything is sort of reachable in a, in mm-hmm. a 20, 30 minute drive. Uh, and again, because we have that experience of hosting major events, uh, even the taxi uncles, even the 40% who are not so happy, I think they're yeah. used to it. We have the F1 every year. Absolutely. And that is another circus for three mm-hmm. weeks. So I think we're used to it. And uh, I think if, again, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly, <laughs> uh, we, we are, we're just going to burnish the reputation uh, going forward uh, of being a great host and I think that uh, we should see more events in the future. And in a way, Glenn, I guess the F1 coming here has set a new kind of benchmark for Singapore knowing that they could stage that, which logistically was extremely challenging and they're even using, you know, the F1 pit lane for journalists. And sure. So that's opened the way, hasn't it, for big events? Very much so and, and uh, you know, to the point about traffic and all that, yeah, we're, we're used, to, used to that but we're also used to that with sporting events too, you know, the marathons mm. that, and the different races and things that close off roads so we are used to that. Let's let's also keep in mind, though, in November, we've got the ASEAN meeting happening here, and uh, President Trump has said that he will be coming to that, as well as all the ASEAN 13 uh, leaders as well. So that'll be uh, a follow-on to this event and the next big event that we can talk about uh, a little <laughs> bit later in the year. But do you think putting the journalists in the F1 pit building is going to lead to a lot of cheesy headlines, you know, speeding towards the summit agreements, <laughs> well, you know, putting like on the a journalist brakes, now, putting I like on the brakes of the negotiations? <laughs> yeah, of, of course, possible. But it, it's, my, it's my understanding that's just the staging area where they where they will board buses to go to Sentosa, right? But you're right; there could be some inevitable uh, uh, trite uh, phrases coming out of that. <laughs> Overtaking <laughs> on in the fast lane, <laughs> yeah. life in the fast lane. Let's hope we don't see that one. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you very much to Nicholas Fung and Glenn Van Zeffen. This is Money FM eighty nine point three.